station. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is. It's 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on the Bob France Authority. AM 1420, The Answer. It's Monday, the 29th morning uh, of uh, April in the year of our Lord 2019. After a long vacation, well, long for me. I never take week-long vacations. It's so good to be back with you. I want to say thank you at the top of this hour, as I did at the top of the first hour, to uh, my wonderful, wonderful friends who filled in and uh, held down the fort while I was gone. And I know they did outstanding radio with you and for you. Rob Walgate. Khalid Namar and uh, my friend Peter Kirsten, now all three of them just tremendous. It's so good to know that I have good quality people doing great quality radio while I'm absent. It just kind of makes the vacation go a little bit more peacefully and smoothly if I don't have to worry about how things are done. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed that. And it is good to have you back. Now, we are guest-free in hour number two, but we have a lot of ground to cover here. So I will take your phone calls as you send them, or make them rather, uh, and I will read comments as you send them via Twitter and Facebook at uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, no spaces, no underscores, at both Twitter and Facebook. Phone lines, of course, are 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I was just talking with Congressman Jordan about Bill Barr, Attorney General William Barr, who is uh, supposed to testify before Jordan's House Judiciary Committee on Thursday about the Mueller report and about his uh, references uh, to no collusion and no obstruction in his summary of the report, a four-page summary issued shortly after he received it. They're going to try to uh, question Barr's decision-making about obstruction of justice, demand that he appoint uh, uh, some of his deputies uh, or, or uh, federal attorneys to file charges of obstruction against the president. Of course, we know the president can't be indicted as a sitting president, but they're going to try to take as many shots at him through Bill Barr as they can. And I feel it's important now, since we just heard that from Congressman Jordan, to share a little bit because, again, I, you know, I, I, I was out of town uh, and we had a best of show this, you know, last Friday on Good Friday, and then I was out of town, so I haven't had a chance to do this. So I'm going to catch up a little bit here, if you'll bear with me and 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 listen to some of this. Um, this is how important it is for us to understand what Bob Mueller's investigative team found. First of all, we need to know the size and the scope. We have to make it very clear the size and the scope of that investigation. 
and how they came to the conclusion that there would be and should be no um, uh, no more indictments, no sealed indictments, no charges of any kind, because there is no collusion, and they could not prove any obstruction. And that's what this all comes down to. They cannot, they, they cannot, they cannot um, conclusively prove any obstruction. And, of course, which we'll hear in a minute from uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, there could be no obstruction anyway because there was no underlying crime. If there was... If there is no crime that was committed, how could the president obstruct justice in uh, investigating that crime? It's it's simply ridiculous. And I'll, we're going to hear from Lindsey Graham in a moment. But before that, um, I just want to point out some of the some of the details. Uh, Red State kind of compiled the numbers. Let me share some of them with you. After an investigation that required six hundred seventy five days to complete had 34 people indicted on various charges ranging from theater to conduct unrelated to the purpose of the investigation to outright chicken blank and the services of 19 very expensive Democrat lawyers, 40 FBI agents and support personnel being taken away from their productive work, over 2,000 subpoenas issued, they carried out nearly 500 search warrants, issued demands for the communications records of over 230 people, interviewed over 500 people, subjected at least 50 Americans to electronic surveillance, think about that, and it all produced nothing in the way of any cooperation between anyone on the Trump campaign and Russian officials. And now the left has shifted its focus to obstruction. Apparently, by sleight of hand, obstruction has now been defined uh, down to being angry that you are the subject of a, of a vindictive partisan vendetta that uses the FBI and a special counsel as its weapons. This morning, South Carolina, this is yesterday morning, Lindsey Graham was on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan. Lindsey Graham is, of course, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he will control what actions the Senate takes in reaction to what seems like the House's inexorable march towards impeachment. Naturally, Margaret Brennan wanted to talk about obstruction. Let's just say it did not go particularly well. This is what happened when Margaret Brennan tried to pin Lindsey Graham down on obstruction committed by Donald Trump. Well, he gave a four-page summary. Does the report support his summary? Does the report actually indicate there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians? I think the idea that this president obstructed justice is absurd. He turned over a million documents to the special counsel. Almost everybody around him testified. I can't think of one thing that President Trump did to stop Mueller from doing his job. He never claimed executive privilege. From my point of view, uh, I've heard all I need to really know. Now I want to look at and find out how all this happened. But on that point of attempting to obstruct justice or not, the president seems to want to continue to litigate this because he came out this week and said uh, and denied that he had ever thought or told anyone to fire Don yeah, McGahn, right. the White House counsel. Right. But that directly contradicts sworn testimony that yeah, was yeah. in the Mueller report where Don McGahn said he almost quit. Yeah. He was so pressured to fire the special counsel. Well, Who do you believe? I, I think it's just all theater. It doesn't matter. I don't care what he said to Don McGahn. It's what he did. <clears throat> the president never obstructed. It doesn't matter to you that oh, the president is I changing mean, if, a version uh, of events or perhaps gonna, some would say lying. If, if you're going to look at every president who pops off at a staff... And, you know, ask them to do something that's maybe crazy, then we won't have many presidents. But in terms of the firing, this was Don McGahn, the White House counsel, being pressured to fire the special counsel. But he didn't. I don't care, but, I don't care what they talked about. He didn't do anything. 
The point is the president did not impede Mueller from doing his investigation. And it doesn't trouble you that the president is changing his version of events. I don't I don't care what happened between him and Don McGahn. Here's what I care about. Did Mueller was a Mueller allowed to do his job? And the answer is yes. Name one thing that they did to stop Mueller from doing his job. And if you can't, then there's no obstruction. Will you call him again to testify? Uh, n- not me? No, no, I'm, I'm done. What about the special counsel? I'm not going to relitigate it. I don't know how clear I can be, Margaret. It's over for me. He didn't collude with the Russians. Obstruction of justice in this situation is absurd. I fought hard as hell to make sure Mueller could do his job, introduce legislation to make sure he couldn't be fired. Uh, it's over. It should be over. But with the Democrats, it's never over. As Lindsey Graham said, I'm not going to relitigate the findings of the Mueller report. The Mueller report did it, did it himself. For two years and all of those numbers of witnesses and documents and subpoenas and arrests and everything else we've done, it, it's already been done. We're not going to relitigate it in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, just like it should not be relitigated in front of the House Judiciary Committee. But that's where it is. Meanwhile, Attorney General, former Attorney General Michael Mukasey was on CNN with Chris Cuomo. And I want you to listen as Mukasey takes Chris Cuomo to school on what the Mueller report said and how Cuomo is misleading a lot of people, meaning, of course, his viewers. Consider this. He's being investigated for a crime that didn't happen and that he certainly didn't commit. Who says it didn't happen? Russian interference happened. Russian interference happened, for sure. But cooperation and conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians did not happen. And that was to the a criminal level. No, says Mr. Mueller. To any level. Mm, I don't know about any level, but to criminal level. I do. I'll give you. Okay. And, he, and he, there's an investigation going on, not for a month or six months, but for a, two years, close yes. to two years. And his administration is laboring under the shadow of that investigation and people alleging that it happened, uh, there are going to be indictments and so on and so forth. But this is a special counsel, and it was put together by Rosenstein because he wanted it separate from the DOJ because of what he saw as potential It's not conflicts. separate from the DOJ. I know. It's within the DOJ. But as a mechanism, separate. I know it's under the DOJ. I understand how the guidelines are written. I understand why they were written, because we didn't like what the it's independent counsel It's not just the guidelines. Was. We have three branches of government. Sorry, a little glitch. I mean, this is within the executive. I understand. We don't sprout a new branch of right. government. But what your friend did is not just by the book. He took it on himself to decide this rule. He didn't have to do that. Of course he had to do it. Why? Who was going to decide whether to indict or not? Congress. As a political matter. Leave it to them. They decide whether to impeach or not. And Mike, they don't you're, decide... skipping, you're skipping the big point, which you taught me about very that early is on. The big point. They can't indict him. That is the opinion from the OLC. So there is nothing to decide on that level. It is so, purely political. It always Congress will be. doesn't indict. Congress can. I know. Impeach. I'm using. I'm using it as just a you know a metaphor here. But you, we you're know you can a lot of people. No, because we know you have the a big OLC. Audience. We know the. <laughs> we know the OLC says. It's getting smaller by the minute you now. Can and you can't indict. All right, so so there's there's a lot of that to unpack as well, and I'll do that after the time out here. But but Chris Cuomo is so confused about in, uh, indictments, so confused about charges, so confused about what the the uh, legislature is allowed to do versus what the special prosecutor, special counsel was allowed to do under the purview of the DOJ. 
But at the end of the day, which I will just say now on the way into the break, is that former Attorney General Michael Mukasey knows, uh, has forgotten more, has forgotten more about federal law as it pertains to presidential powers, as it pertains to special indictment or special law councils, and as it pertains to the operations of the DOJ. He has forgotten more than Chris Cuomo will ever know in about a million lifetimes. That's why he took him to school, and we'll be right back. That's authority. I stopped an old man along the way. Eat. Ten twenty-six now. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. TJ has been waiting in Cleveland. TJ, you're up. Go ahead. All right. We must have a technical glitch or something here because uh, I'm speaking and not being heard. I guess. Hello. Uh, can you? Yeah. TJ, can, can you hear me? me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, TJ. Okay. No, something Kamala Harris said over the weekend about the stock market only uh, uh, benefiting the rich, uh, you know, investors. Well, I'm not a rich investor, but I have a 401k, and I silenced one of my liberal neighbors just a couple days ago. I said, look, because of Trump and his stock market, my 401k did so well that I was able to put in a new driveway, a new furnace with air, uh, a central air, and a nice late model used car. Under Obama, I struggle to pay my bills. And one other point I'd like to make, Bob, the Federal Reserve did everything they could to help Obama's economy, and and it still didn't work. Now what they're doing is trying to throw a monkey wrench into Trump's economy by raising the interest rates. And the only reason to raise interest rates is inflation, which we have not. Which we do not. That's right. We do not. We have not experienced any inflation of any significant uh, numbers at all. So they're trying to damage Trump is what they're trying yes. to do, even the Federal Reserve. And one other quick point, Bob. With I, I don't know if I would. I don't know. I, you know, TJ, I, I, I'm not an expert at it, um, but I do have a little common sense on it. And and whether we want to say they're trying to to hurt Trump or wreck Trump or whatever, um, I don't know if, that I can make that strong of a statement. But I will say that historically what you just described is true as far as when they raise the rates. Uh, historically, this would not have been a time that they want to raise interest rates. And if they're doing it now, there has to be a reason. I don't know or, or, you know, if they're considering it now. There has to be a reason. I can't swear to what it is, but I know that's what it sounds like. But one other thing, the synagogue shooting was terrible, and it deserved front-page news. But, you know, reading the paper today, I just realized more people were shot in the Cleveland area over the weekend than in the synagogue. And it was buried in a little byline deep in the paper. And we know one thing. Next week, it'll be the same thing. The week after that, the week after that, and the week after that. It never makes front-page news. Well, you know, in in the city of Chicago, it's it's that times you know a factor of ten. Uh, there's you know it, it's 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 well known and chronicled for those who actually want to know that there are more shootings in Chicago every single weekend, every single weekend that there are at any of these quote unquote mass shooting events. Not to say that one is worse than the other because they're not; they're all terrible. But why do we pay just attention to you know situations like that and not say, "Hey, look at this"? I mean, here, here's. Let me just give you: in, in the month of April, which is coming to an end, um, fifty-six people were shot and killed in Chicago, one hundred eighty-three shot and wounded. That's a total of two hundred thirty-nine people shot in the twenty-nine days of April so far. Two hundred thirty-nine people shot. In April so far. So if I do a little quick math here and divide 239 divided by 29 days, 
We have 8.2 people being shot a day in the city of Chicago, and you're right, not a single word of news about it. Now, does the, I say that, of course, not to minimize the tragedy and the horrors of a terrible anti-Semitic crime uh, committed in the synagogue, especially six months to the day after the Pittsburgh synagogue, the, which was far more deadly, happened. Not to minimize that at all. They, it deserves, as you said, TJ, front page coverage, and 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 we need to be informed of of catching the bad guys. We need to know uh, what drove them so that we can try to figure out how to prevent these kinds of things in the in the future. But you're right. The gun control nuts who politicize the terrible tragedies of things like the synagogue shooting are absolutely silent when the people of Chicago are shooting one another, mostly gang members are shooting one another, to the tune of eight shootings a day. A day! Not a month, not a weekend, a day! They're silent about that. It makes no sense, and I'm glad you pointed it out. Thank you, my friend. And I know you pointed out Cleveland, actually, but I just threw it, threw it to Chicago because it's so much, so much more of a glaring example of their hypocrisy. We'll continue with more phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-five now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer will take until eleven o'clock. Mike Gallagher will, of course, pick it up then. I count uh, twenty-five minutes of outstanding awesome left. Let's be a part of that awesome. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. You dial right now. We'll get you up and on the radio. Navy man, Na- Navy man Norm rather dialed a while ago, and he's on the air now, right here on the Bob France Authority. Hi, Norm. Go ahead. Welcome back, Bob. Thank you, sir. Good um, to be back. It- in your absence, I uh, sent you a wonderful email uh, from Dr. Kerry Buchanan uh, of John Kerry University, who basically said, and this was directed to me, quote, you must be listening to the half-truths and misstatements of the Bob French. So I forwarded it on to you along with my reply to her. And basically in my reply, as far as Mr. Declan Leary went, I said, you still and your administra- your cowardly administration, including your president, has failed to answer my letter, despite the fact that I'm from John Carroll. The question, what exactly are you celebrating in a drag queen uh, annual fest at John Carroll? You say it's diversity. I say it's perversity. So I just sent that on to you, along with uh, her letter. But I wanted you to know that evidently she must be listening to your show, Bob. Well, I would very much like to, I'm going to have to find that email that you sent me, because uh, I did not see it. As you know, I've been gone, and so I haven't uh, uh, you know, received emails for a while, and I'll have to dig that up. Uh, but I would say this in response to it on the air, and if uh, Dr. Buchanan, but, and we should also, Norm, uh, point out for those who are listening now, don't know what we're talking about, because it was a, a right. week ago plus, um, Sophomore student named Declan Leary used to be one of the editors and uh, op-ed writers for the Carroll News at John Carroll University, and he wrote uh, a couple of columns that the uh, that the leadership of the newspaper, including the faculty advisor, did not like because there is a pro-LGBTQ agenda on the campus of a Jesuit institution that this young 
Catholic student uh, did not approve of, and he made his opinion known. That's all. Didn't threaten anybody. Just made his opinion known. He essentially was forced to resign from the newspaper staff uh, after they uh, put in new new rules that basically said every word you write, we get to approve or disapprove of. Um, and uh, now there is well, now some wheels are in motion. I think uh, we can say that, Norm, uh, as far well, as him trying to as far as him trying to gain uh, you know you know get his position back and also to. Um, to seek perhaps some redress for the grievances that have been, uh, you know, that have been, uh, 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 that he has suffered, I guess, in this. Yeah, in this she situation. emphasized in her letter to me that there's no freedom of speech on campus at private institutions, which evidently is true, as I looked up, but it begged the fact that evidently if John Carroll is a recipient of federal funds, then they are in violation of President Trump's executive order regarding freedom of speech on campuses. Right. And uh, uh, the, release, the reason that Mr. Leary uh, was released, according to Dr. Buchanan, was of the hurtful things that he said to these people. So I'm, I'm sure that that's going to warm the hearts of all John Carroll grads to know that if you say something that's hurtful, that uh, you can be dismissed uh, at, the, at the wave of a liberal uh, professor's hand. Well, you know, and that's at its core, that is exactly what the First Amendment was written to protect, because what one person finds hurtful and another may not. Uh, who's to determine what's hurtful and what is what is uh, allowable and what isn't that sort of thing it is ridiculous because i read every single word of all of the columns he wrote regarding these matters and i i was not offended by a single one of them he was simply upholding catholic doctrine and, right. and back to my and back to my point that i was trying to make before before i give everybody a little history lesson on what this story is all about my message to dr buchanan if she is indeed listening to this program is if you say that the, there are lies and half truths that i've presented as it pertains to john Kerry Declan Leary, the Carroll News, and more, then have the guts to come on the air and correct the record. Tell me what I said that was inaccurate. Tell me what I said that is a lie or that is a half-truth, and we'll, we'll, we'll put this out there for the people to, uh, to absorb. Instead, she's going to hide behind her, her uh, you know, keyboard sending letters to you and ignoring my request to come on and talk about this publicly. Well, the interesting thing is what you just said, I exactly put in my letter. I says. I understand that Mr. France invited you to appear on his show to give your side of the uh, of uh, this incident. So I'm sure Mr. France's wide audience would enjoy listening to your side. Absolutely. So we'll see what well, yeah, you know, you you know, she won't do it. I, I've I've emailed her twice. I've also emailed the history professor who who thought it was appropriate to to write a comment underneath the story that ran in place of Declan Leary's column, essentially calling Declan Leary gay, saying that right. he's probably homosexual and that's why he's so fascinated by all of this. But he's too much of a coward to come out, which is unbelievable to think that a faculty member would do this. John Carroll has become Kent State. Oberlin College, Cal Berkeley, et cetera, et cetera, among the, the, the most ridiculous universities that I've heard of in a long time. Yeah, she cited some uh, uh, writing uh, or uh, policies of the National uh, Collegiate uh, Institute or whatever, and I came back and I said, well, I don't think that that trumps the Ten Commandments, nor do I think it trumps the tenets of the Holy Mother Church. And I put in a, a few sprinkles from uh, St. Pope Leo Thirteenth regarding diverse uh, re, regarding debauchery and perversity. So uh, she never responded to my answer. But if you have trouble finding the email, I'll be happy to send it on to you. 
Well, you please send it again just so because I may have our time on that. So, Norm, just put it to the top of my inbox by resending it. That would be great. I appreciate that. And it's you know, and and, and it's not just those tenets. It's also again, let's just go to the uh, to the poli- not the political side, but to our our the side of our liberty. We have freedom of speech. His speech should be protected. He disagreed with the university hosting a drag show uh, for the last six years. He disagreed with the university's embracing of uh, lifestyle choices over religious liberty at a Catholic institution, a Jesuit institution. He expressed himself, did so peacefully, did not do it violently, and they and they essentially spiked him and his work because they don't want anybody telling the truth about what is happening to a these quote unquote Catholic or or uh, Jesuit institutions like John Carroll and quite frankly like Saint Ignatius quite frankly, like Magnificat and others, where Catholicism has been cast aside, at least traditional doctrine-based Catholicism has been cast aside in favor of more politically expedient, modern rewriting of Catholicism. And anybody who wants to hold dear to the, the traditions, they're the ones who are called bigots and hate-filled. No. We're not bigoted. We're not hate-filled. We just believe in the Catholic doctrine that we were, that we were raised with. And that has been around for thousands of years, at least 2,000 of them. Let's go to uh, who's waiting here, Alex in Cleveland. Alex, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Yes. Uh, several years ago, there was an article in a publication called the Cleveland Jewish News, and they uh, demonstrated how you prevent an attacker, an uh, invader with a gun, coming into right. one of their institutions. And in the article, they made reference to, well, you can throw books at him. You can stab him with a pencil. You can uh, put a, a desk up against the wall. Well, the problem is that uh, bullets uh, are not stopped by those items. Now, I don't understand uh, why the Jews, uh, or many of them, are against the uh, guns in the Second Amendment. Uh, the Jews of all people and many other peoples too have had a history in uh, Europe, Nazi Germany. Guns were taken away from people, and I don't understand how Bloomberg wants to take guns away from people. I mean, the whole issue uh, is—I don't understand why Jews do not really go uh, support the Second Amendment. Uh, I know they do; a lot of them do. A lot of them do, but yeah, but a lot of them are just uh, uh, from from, and, and this is from talking to some Jews that I know, uh, Alex. And thanks, thank you for your phone call. There is a large contingent, if not a majority, of Jews in this country that somehow somehow manage to um, put themselves and their fellow Jews in jeopardy for personal gain in a manner that is 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 completely inconsistent um with with the jewish faith and the jewish heritage and i'm trying to be careful i say this because i'm trying to quite frankly i'm trying to remember exactly how it was worded to me by the jewish people that i spoke with that are friends Um, when i asked them why are so many jews in this country progressive why are there so many jews in this country that support people like barack obama who, you know, who's anti, and, and all of the other liberal Democrats that we're seeing right now, like Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar, 
and, and so many who have just been militantly anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. I mean, Donald Trump came in and did what future, or excuse me, previous presidents have been promising to do for so long, recognizing the true capital of Israel as Jerusalem and moving the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He is a friend of the Jewish people. He is a friend of Israel. He has been such a staunch supporter, and yet the left calls him anti-Semitic. Somebody goes into a California synagogue and shoots people, and they say, Trump inspired that. Trump inspired that, this anti-Semitic hate crime, shooting Jews. Meanwhile, people like the rabbi of that that synagogue, Rabbi Yisrael uh, Goldstein, pointed out that President Trump has been one of their strongest supporters and expressed as much on a personal phone call to him. I received a personal phone call from our President Donald Trump. I was amazed to answer the phone and say the Secretary of the White House is calling. And he spent close to 10-15 minutes with me on the phone. He went on to say that it was extraordinarily comforting to hear the President talking to him about how much he cared about what was going on there. Uh, and, and the support that he got from the president. The president has been not, if Look, haters of the president can find a lot of things to hate about the president. If they want to say he's too this or not enough that, uh, that's up to them because that's the way politics works. But for anybody to characterize him as being anything less than fully supportive of Jewish people and of the nation of Israel in particular... Um, they're just flat out lying. They're, they're beyond just, you know, manipulating talking points for political purposes. They're just flat out lying. And so I've talked to, 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 like I said, Jewish people about this and asked, why are there so many who are anti-Trump? Why are any Jews anti-Trump or anti-conservatism, anti-Republican? Why would they be you know, pro-Obama um, uh, or Democrat policies, which, again, Barack Obama was openly hostile to Benjamin Netanyahu. You recall also that the Obama, you know, while we're talking about the Mueller report and we're talking about, you know, how terrible it is for a foreign country to try to influence the elections of, a, of another country. As we talk about that collusion and this terrible thing that Russia did to try to influence our elections. Barack Obama, president of the United States, donated money to the opposition, opposition party against Benjamin Netanyahu in the middle of his term. Think about that. He's trying to literally influence the outcome of the Israeli elections because he thinks it will help get rid of Benjamin Netanyahu, which, of course, he does not like because Benjamin Netanyahu, like many of us, is very nationalist and is very nationalist, by the way, is not a dirty word. Didn't say white nationalist, didn't say any other uh, modifier uh, uh, nationalist. Nationalist meaning we put our nation first. We will certainly continue to be the world's greatest source or force for good around the world, but we are going to look out for ourselves first, which is only reasonable. Look out for ourselves first. Benjamin Netanyahu feels the same way about Israel. He's going to put the people there first. And that flies in the face of everything that the American left stands for. So it's a long answer. I know it's a long protracted answer. But the truth of the matter is there is a strong contingent of, of Jews in America who 
put themselves and their people at risk for their own personal reasons. Um, that you have to ask, like I said, I don't want to paraphrase too much of what I was told. Um, you'd have to ask Jews that you know to explain, and I'll ask them to call. Uh, you know, if you are Jewish and you have an explanation for why it is, uh, Jews may be against conservative policies, including Second Amendment gun rights protections, uh, and in favor of certain progressive policies that do not do themselves any good or any favors whatsoever, I'd like to hear from you at 216-901-0945, Because I've had these conversations off the air. And quite frankly, I, uh, I haven't come to any conclusions. After all this time, I still don't have any conclusions as to why it is. Conservatism is a friend of Judaism. Conservatives, Republicans, are friends of Jews, supporters of the Jewish state and the Jewish people. And uh, for them to, uh, you know, for some of them to turn away from that is simply something I can't comprehend. All right, it's 10.50. I do uh, comprehend the clock. I can tell time sometimes. Let's take a quick time out here. Come right back. If you want to get a few more phone calls in, we'll do it on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1053, the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. Short segment here to wrap it up before we take it over to Mike Gallagher. First day back, so glad to be back in the big chair. And again, very appreciative and thankful of my uh, good friends and wonderful fill-in host, Rob Walgate, um, uh, Khalid Namar, and, uh, and Peter Kersenow. They did a tremendous job while I was gone by all accounts. I could not listen where I was, of course, but uh, I did check in with some people to ask what they thought, and I got great reviews from everybody, so I'm really happy and proud about that. All right, uh, back to the phones. Let's get a couple more from Fran in U- I'm sorry, South Euclid. Fran, thank you for calling us. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, Hi, Fran. I listen to you every day. I love it. I loved your uh, stand-in uh, last week also. Thank um, you. I maybe can offer a little bit about your um, question about and your, your confusion, as I am, about why, um, at least for several decades, uh, Jewish people in America have been so um, dedicated, I guess, to the Democratic Party. Um, my parents were in concentration camps. They were the only ones to survive from very big extended families. So I, uh, I was brought up fairly um, uh, religious uh, and still observant. Um, I think the issue with American Jews is that if you are more... Um, devout, more religious, you're more conservative. And Dennis Prager does a good job of explaining that many Jews in the United States um, who are perhaps not observant um, are really more liberal. Their, Their religion is more liberalism than it is Judaism. And I think there's a tendency in this country unfortunately for Jews, um, to feel a little bit perhaps too comfortable about what can happen very quickly in a so-called advanced country. Um, So I I think that many people are waking up, Jewish people are waking up to that, especially after surviving um, Obama's rejection, flat-out rejection of of Netanyahu, um, 
I think that Jewish people are waking up, and I was, in fact, interested to watch. I watch all the cable news channels and CNN and MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, spent a great deal of time on the um, uh, attack, the death of uh, the woman and the injury of um, three others in California. But... (laughs) Being a little cynical, I have to question their sincerity and their motives. I think that they're doing a lot of repair work um, because they didn't make much of an issue about Elon Omar's anti-Semitic ongoing and still continuing comments. Yes, about, yes they are. They are indeed. Yes, the Jewish people. And also, um, you know, uh, any opportunity that some of these channels can have uh, to badmouth white people in general, Christians specifically, um, that's what they're doing. Uh, If you were to listen, unfortunately, as I do for several hours, you would hear the expression white terrorism hundreds of times, again and again and again. So maybe, I'd like to think that maybe they care, but I think that it's uh, more a part of an agenda. Um, Because you have to go after white people, and you have to go after Christians. Um, See that more and more, and it's actually been several decades that this is happening. So I just wanted, uh, you know, to offer a little bit of input. I think that it's probably changing. I hope that it is. Um, I, I don't know quite what more I can say because I still have well, questions. Well, you, you, you have you have said so much. You are beautiful. What a wonderful, wonderful explanation. I really know. I, I mean, you, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You, you kind of, and thank you for the call, too. I'm going to let you go. Um, you kind of you kind of paraphrased what I didn't want to paraphrase uh, from the people, the Jews that I have spoken with about this. But you 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 kind of hit it right on the head. Um, you know, they, they there is a there is a percentage, perhaps a significant percentage of the American Jewish population that just does not practice Judaism. And I don't say that as an attack, because I will fully admit that there is a huge population of American Catholics, as evidenced by some of the previous stories that I did, that don't practice Catholicism, that don't believe in Catholicism, that don't believe in the tenets of the church, Christians as well. And it's just so weird to me, because we are a Judeo-Christian society, one that was built upon the principles of those faiths, a believer in God. And a believer in so much that is so similar that are that is also sim- so similar, quite fa- frankly, with the conservative movement when it comes to politics, and culture, and people, and society, and yet so many of them side with the opposite of what would actually benefit them. They side with the American left. It's a it's a very very troubling thing, but I think you did a great job of explaining it. Thank you so much for that call. Thanks to everybody who called today. Thanks to my guest Jim Jordan. Uh, thanks to uh, Andrew running the show. Thanks to Marcy producing, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Bob France Authority. Enjoy the silence.